I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from That Film Studio, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, hold on to your butt. There's a new Jurassic movie coming, and soon. Jim Carrey will be back for Sonic 3. James Gunn's DCU Supergirl has been cast, and the new Doctor Who companion is already on her way out. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. So, Luke, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? This is a big one. David Kep, the writer of Jurassic Park and its direct sequel, is returning hard at work writing... Jurassic World 4, which has been described as a new era. The script is said to be in good shape and a 2025 release date is possible. Bullet Train and Deadpool 2 director David Leach is in talks to direct. Like, mate, this is this is crazy. I mean, look, I think we all suspected, like, these movies have, have still been making bank Never mind what you think of the quality of them and all that kind of stuff. They've been making money. It'd be silly not to revisit the Jurassic movies again. I feel like we should be questioning though, like this soon? Like what? I mean, the 2025 release, I think even as early as today, they've uh, they've put out oh, it might have been a couple of days ago. I don't know. They put out a, a July 2025 release date which is bonkers, like, less, I mean, less than two years from now, a year and a half, there, there's going to be a new Jurassic movie in theatres. So I'm already questioning, I'm like, how big or small is this movie going to be? David Kett coming back, the original writer from the first two films, done other big stuff, some stuff not great, but, you know, he's done huge movies. Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man movie, like, heaps of things. The writing is clearly so very different from those first two films. The first one, especially compared to everything else that's followed. That gets me excited. I will let you talk at some point, but I need this. I need to get this all out. I'm giving you space. Um, <laughs> this is fantastic. Like The idea of, of what Kep can bring to characters, you know, like what I want from these movies is just going back to semi-real science uh, realistic grounded characters and i think i think kep can deliver that in his storytelling from like you know well-structured people individuals and just the things that they're going through actual sensical just plot is is what we what we sort of need and just not have this be crazy um so all of that sounds exciting can't believe there's something happening so soon um on the movie side of things and now even potentially um you know david leach has a as a director now the types of movies that he's done i mean look at his back catalog you mentioned bullet train deadpool 2 you know there's um uh what was that charlie's the Ron movie that he did Atomic Blonde. Camera. That was a good movie. Atomic Blonde, yeah. If you look at his back catalogue, they're all very action-orientated and oh well, some of them have quite a humorous spin to them, whether tonally or or whatever, but they're all pretty action-orientated. Does that make me a little concerned? 
one percent. But yeah, I'm gonna say I don't I don't think it should because he's he's proved himself exactly right. But he's proved himself time and time again that he can do those types of movies. It doesn't mean they're the types of movies that he only wants to make. So it may be and that's that's where on a being positive, I'm like, yeah, there's potential here because he's done good movies, so they're good films, which makes me think he's a good director. I think he obviously this could be the time to prove that he's he's more than just his genre that he's been sort of that's that's fair. On. I mean, he's excelled but, um, in his genre, but just having David Kep, there's, there's two words in the story that has really got me excited: new era. Chris Pratt has yeah. his trilogy. We don't need Owen back. Let's just have new people, new cast. I'm excited for that, and having the original writer from the first movie coming back there's a lot to like here yeah like from from the standpoint of like the story because i know they you know they've been sort of describing this as it's a reboot of sorts but it's like yeah well they were kind of saying jurassic world was a reboot where it's the same universe continue the story just different people a different sort of storyline i guess and i think where we left off the dinosaurs are all over the world you know, they're out and about. This is, we're in a very different, like, chapter of these these movies. Like, we're not contained to an island or a park or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's just a world with dinosaurs in it. And I think you're right. We don't need, we don't need the legacy characters back, not in high capacity. I'm sure they could shoehorn them in at some point. And we don't need Chris Pratt and... And all of those world characters, not necessarily. So I, I'm with you. I think starting fresh, essentially, but within this continuity, yeah, all good. Like let's do it. And I'm happy if it's like just bring it back to a more simpler people, dinosaurs. Just have fun with it. Go nuts. But just give me some real people, not <laughs> these like pseudo action hero type people and crazy mad scientists and we don't need that we don't need clone girls and just i don't know giant bugs and oh my god dark times i still miss the original title jurassic park sounds so much better than jurassic world but i get do you reckon you know you you said you described it as jurassic park jurassic world 4 this would be jurassic park 7 technically I would rather you, Jurassic Park 7 over Jurassic World 4. I know it's essentially yeah. the same film that they're going to be making. Do you think they'll drop world? They'll do Jurassic something? Maybe. Or has the, had, has the brand, is the brand stuck? Are we not? Maybe for modern forward? audiences, but uh, I don't know. I mean, they're still referring to it as a Jurassic World sequel and not a Jurassic Park sequel. So we just have to wait and see. They don't want to go back and limit themselves with Park. But I just think it just sounds... It's a better title, Jurassic Park. It sure is. That's a better movie. I mean, the original is... You're not kidding. You know what's interesting? (laughs) And we will need to move to the second story, and then the third and the fourth. We've got a lot to get through, but we will move on from Jurassic World. Yeah, the first one clearly is the best. And then, you know... Jurassic World, the first one, was really good. But think about it, though. 
it hit the same beats as Jurassic Park. So what David Kep did in that first movie, those beats were recreated in Jurassic World. So when they start this third trilogy, it would be good if they don't lean on that again and do something completely different. Yeah, like, and that's that's what's exciting. That's the exciting thing. They're at a point where it's like, they, what direction do they go in next? Like, it is, it really could be anything. It could be a small, intimate story. It could be something big and crazy and world-spanning, but who knows what they're doing with it? Maybe it's military focus. Maybe it's dinosaurs in space. Who the hell knows? I, I, just, I literally just had the thought, <laughs> Jurassic Universe. Jurassic yeah. Galaxy. Crazy. Stop it. <laughs> then they'll need to bring Chris Pratt back, but except he'll be playing Star-Lord instead. That's it. Um, all right. We will move on. We'll move on. Um, so despite talks of his retirement from acting, it is now confirmed that Jim Carrey is set to return as Dr. Robotnik or Eggman in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. And with this news came... Um, and I feel like we haven't seen one of these in a while, like a teaser title card reveal kind of thing of the movie Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Cool, classic, um, with a nice logo and all of that kind of jazz, ending it with or capping off with Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik laugh, confirming he's back. And then since then, it's also been formally confirmed that, yes, Jim Carrey the rumors of his retirement were greatly exaggerated. So happy. And I'm so happy about that. It's fantastic. It is. I mean, I feel like I, I like to think I always knew he was coming back. Like, surely where would he go? Like the I character. Did. I mean, like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm, I was thinking more about the actor because I did enjoy the second movie. Not as good as the first one, but I did like it. But just the idea of that potentially being, his final film. That's not one to go out on. So he's back <laughs> for another Sonic film and maybe more films. I mean, he's, he's just had a birthday. He's now 62. You know, he's got more left in the tank, but he's back as Robotnik. So that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. He definitely is allowed to retire and he can, but give me this third Sonic movie. <laughs> you know, I, I've previously mentioned this is my most anticipated movie. I've I remember. Shadow the Hedgehog. Bring it on. I can't wait. Um, and if they're if they're kind of adapting or going into a particular story, um, what I want is them to do is pretty much adapt like the Sonic Adventure 2 storyline where they first introduce Sonic, uh, Shadow, sorry, and do you know what? It's 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 Sonic in space, um, which which actually works. It actually works. Yeah. And Doctor Robotnik is a part of that story, so I'm really excited for this movie. I know I you are, and I'm I'm looking forward one. to it as it's well. Fun. But like it, what I'm getting from this because you know Carrie had said that he was retiring. I think is is definitely got to the point where if he doesn't want to work he doesn't have to work so there must be something about this film or this character that's made him come back he doesn't More need than to just come a back dump truck of money no so i think it's definitely you know him wanting to come back and they they, they are good movies a... again i did say the second's not as good as the first but it doesn't mean the second's not a good film it's really entertaining the wedding definitely... plot i didn't need that but for the yeah, most part it's a fun movie 
his role though in these movies and the character he gets to play like it is a vehicle for him to do essentially what Jim Carrey does best which is just be a lunatic that's and true do you know what maybe that's enough for him to go do you know what I'll do that one more time because it's great fun <laughs> like look at so 94 yeah, I mean, Ace Ventura the mask that's the kind of energy is bringing to Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. And if you look back, like, I'm, if you try and think of a movie before Sonic the Hedgehog with Jim Carrey doing this kind of zaniness, I, I feel like you're going a few years back until you can find something where he got to do something like this. Because, you know, he obviously had the stint of his more serious roles and and even when he was doing comedy, it, it was a little bit more leveled. Um I legit, th- I'm think I'm going as far back as the Grinch, like that's, and I could be wrong. There could have been something else after that's that. like twenty years, I mean, 20, 20 yeah. plus years. I mean, had, but I, yeah, like I would say and stuff, but I would definitely say that would be more him than the jobs he was getting hired for. Like he yeah. wasn't necessarily oh, sure, sure. wanting to be this Looney Tunes character that he wanted to rein in a little bit, maybe. But he's back yeah. for this, so it's you know, there's a lot to get excited about. House of the Dragon star Millie Alcock has been cast as Supergirl in James Gunn's DCU. Alcock is set to appear in a future DC project before starring in her own Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie. Woo! Do you reckon? Do you reckon we'll see her in this first Superman Man of Tomorrow? I mean... Now it's called Superman Legacy. Everybody else that's is in it, called. so maybe. Sorry, that's that animated film. Yeah, Superman Legacy. Yeah, Man of Tomorrow, that's the animated. Now, the live-action one is Superman Legacy, which, conflicting reports, it's either a origin story or it's a film that takes place early in his time as Superman. Right. So we don't quite know. I think that would be too early to introduce Supergirl, but then at the same time, what was the... That, that announcement, Gods and Monsters, was it five films or six films? But Supergirl is one of them. So there's not many other films she could appear in ahead of her own film. So maybe she will be in Superman Legacy. What's interesting, though, is like there's there's no director attached to this upcoming um, Supergirl film yet. So I guess like what they're doing, and, and obviously it's not just James Gunn, it's, it's, it's you know, other... I imagine there'd be a bunch of people, a committee involved in. There's Peter Saffron. People, I mean, of course, there's. Yeah, no, there's definitely, but I'm sure there's other hands at play, being like, you know, influencers and there would be Warner Brothers heads and etc. etc. But they're the ones making the call on the casting prior to the director. So that's an interesting sort of look at you know the making of these movies. It's like, okay, cool, they're getting it done, (laughs) and then the director will just come in and. I guess they'll just direct the, the film rather than, at least with this lead anyway. But I could be, I don't know. Tell you what, though. Maybe they, maybe they do have a director. Maybe. But you do have to feel for Sasha Kelly, who played Carver's Orwell Supergirl in the Flash movie. I mean, it feels like that film just happened. And we've yeah. already got another Supergirl. I tell you what, I, I liked it. I digged her. And, she was that, good. You know, that movie, lots of issues. Um. Oh, mate. She was a good many. element. She was a good <laughs> element in that, though. You know, I did see um, somebody share something online, like a suggestion for Sasha Kelly for a way for her still to be a part of 
or to be a part of DCU, Power Girl, who is Carver Zorel from a different Earth. So there you Ooh. go. Yeah. So <laughs> she's like a different. Anyway. So so it's kind of like kind of like a multiverse thing, bringing back a previous thing. We've done that. Really. The Flash did it. Let's forget but it. But it's kind. But it's kind of different. <laughs> it's it's almost it's a recast, but not. Re- oh, yeah, my brain hurts. It is Power Girl <laughs> is essential. Well, anyway, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> nah, too much. They are the same person, different Earths, different ages. One's older. Power Girl. Anyway, that's uh, that's the DCU news. That's it. And speaking of um, getting older, uh, buckle up. Eddie Murphy's Beverly Hill Cop, Beverly Hills Cop, I should say, Axel F. We've got a date. Premiere July 3rd on Netflix. We don't always have a release date as a new story, but Beverly Hills Cop. Love so those I films. I remind everybody that this movie is coming. It Love is, those uh, films. It is, it's, more of a curiosity piece at this point it is a my god will this movie work or not i'm excited where i'm sad where it I'm being sad it. a netflix film has me worried <laughs> they've not got the best <laughs> track record but it's heady murphy back as axel foley yeah. i'm uh, honestly july 3rd i know what i'm doing and that's watching this movie i'm looking well, forward it. to it i like that <laughs> That's it. What else have we got on? <laughs> Check your calendars. <laughs> Jason Statham and director David Ayer are reteaming following the box office success of The Beekeeper on the new project originally written by Sylvester Stallone titled Levon's Trade, set for Amazon. Now, I was unfamiliar with this. I had to look into it. Uh, the plot of at least, I think, the first book, Levon Cade left his profession behind to work construction and be a good dad to his daughter. Straight away, <laughs> I can close my eyes and I feel like I can see this movie. <laughs> You've got Statham. He's got a particular set of skills that he's no longer using until he uses them again. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. And you know how much I enjoyed The Beekeeper. These guys getting together. And uh, who's writing that script? Stallone, you say? I'm here for it. That's it. Look on the on the tale of the beekeeper. You know, being quite su- successful. You know, if you compare its budget to the box office wins, that it's pretty much how like it's it's it, okay. It made some bank. You know, profit wise. Um, you would expect they'd be teaming up again and being like, "Well, let's do the beekeeper too, or the beekeepers, or the bees keeper, or some shit. I don't know. Whatever you wanted to call it." But it, look, it, they're mixing it up. They're doing something different, but still working together. We get some of the same flavors, maybe, maybe something a lot more different. We're getting the budget of Amazon. That might be something interesting to take note of as well. The plot sounds simple, yet a little bit intriguing. So yeah, I, yeah, part of the problem. I feel like I'm getting roped into it. You know, again, I'm. <laughs> I've looked into it. There's there's a lot of books. There is a lot of books, uh, I believe, written by Chuck Dixon, who's written for DC Comics a lot over over the uh, years. I think he did the original run of Robin. It was uh, Tim Drake. I'm pretty sure that was him, and he's done Nightwing. But these are his books. Um, yeah, and and you know, 
they're clearly looking at it as a franchise starter. I mean, I, I definitely want more beekeeper movies, but you know, see, um, see what have this franchise instead. <laughs> uh, Livon's trade, Livon's. You reckon that's the correct the correct pronunciation? Livon. Well, I need to it hear like it now, so now I'm going to constantly pr- pronounce it like that until I hear otherwise. So, or is it Levens? No, that'd be I-N, wouldn't it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's. It, it doesn't. Well, look, that's um, that's a wrap on our, uh, I guess, our, our major stories. But we've got a couple of minor stories that we couldn't go without mentioning. The official title for the Beetlejuice sequel is now Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, and will now release on September 6th. We're getting a sequel. I am excited. But just hearing the title for the sequel makes me think, they now need to do a third one. They have to 100%. get to Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. It's literally Dude, his thing. What are you thing. doing? They can't <laughs> it is, say it three times. It's his thing, man. <laughs> they need to do three movies so they can have have it in the title. But there we go, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I mean, yeah, that's that, that's the. I don't really have anything more to add to it except for I, I was going to say the opposite and say, well, they actually probably maybe this would mean they can't do a third one because. Putting putting Beetlejuice on the poster three times might be, you know, uncouth, <laughs> but it's fine. All right, we've also got a Scooby Doo and Gremlins crossover titled uh, Scooby Doo Gremlins Getaway, which is reportedly in the works. So that's got to tickle some people, I'm sure. Me, <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Doo. The only I like Scooby Doo. Gremlins. I like Gremlins. I like Gremlins. <laughs> I like those two things, <laughs> but then you know I also like Scooby Doo and Crypto, and look out, look what happened there. Not the Do you best, know what that is? A bloody movie. good point, and suddenly all enthusiasm is has dialed down a little bit. But but for the longest oh. time, we just had those two movies directed by Joe Dante. That was it. Gremlins, Gremlins, the new batch. That was it, and then we got that kids cartoon. I've only done a couple of episodes. Have you watched that? Secrets of the Mobile. Nah, nah, but nah. well, maybe I should. I tried. It's fine. I don't know. It's like oh, now, you know, I'm, now I'm out again. You know those films that you like? Oh yeah. Well, this takes place before that. Oh okay. Hmm. Anyway, Gizmo, Scooby Doo. So this this is a rumor at this stage. There was, somebody leaked online um, the front page of a screenplay, and the logos were all on there, and people got excited. So it could be something. Could be nothing. Alex Winter has confirmed Bill and Ted 4 will get written because the team has a really great idea. <laughs> They're keen to develop for the next instalment. So there we go. We could be getting more Bill and Ted. Well, well you know, I'm glad they have a good idea because, I mean, if they didn't have, or a great idea even, if they didn't have one, that would, that would suck, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've now watched did. Bill and Ted Face the Music a handful of times. Three, I may have even seen it four times, but at least three times. And what I can say, I like it a little bit less each time. Those first two, excellent and bogus, really hold up. So I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how excited I am. Like Uh, I feel like I mean, just watch Villain's Head for once. You might be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, remember, was it 2020? When did Facing Music come out? But I remember it was like COVID. And then not a lot of people were going to the movies. And 
you know, it was quite uplifting, you know, towards the end of the movie. And, you know, I got a good feeling and walked out of it thinking, oh, that was, oh, yeah, I just needed that. That was, you know, that was pretty uplifting. <laughs> it was a movie you needed, but at that time, everything you want. Yeah. And then watched it a couple of times after that. Anyway, we might be getting a fourth Bill and Ted movie. Yeah. Oh, we, we know we're getting a third Tron movie, and we've got. Gillian Anderson joining in a mystery role. Tron 3. That first movie is something that I would watch if it was on as a kid. I've never been that into it. Tron Legacy, though. Holy shit. Watching that on the big screen. Daft Punk. That was <laughs> incredible. And I rewatched it again recently. Still holds up. That is a good movie. So, yeah, Tron I- 3. I'm I feel like with that second one, which is the one I'm more familiar with, let, let's all be honest. Like that's, I think most people are. It's, I like you. I'm like, yeah, I really enjoyed it that first time. But unlike you, every time I've gone back to it, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm not into it. So it's like, am I keen for Tron Three? Eh, will I watch it? Yeah, just watch you know, it once on Disney Plus. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's that. And look, and that's that's all we need. That's all they need from me, isn't it? Honestly. Tron Legacy, I like a lot. Like, I really do like it. I think it's great, great film. Um, oh, Brad Pitt is to star in Quentin Tarantino's new movie, The Film Critic. Oh, I'll do that again. Yeah. Brad Pitt to star in Quentin Tarantino's new film, The Movie Critic. And I believe, isn't that his 10th film? Well, that's well, his 10th, which would mean what he said, his final, his final film. I mean, if we, I've brought this up many times before. Technically, it's his 11th, but he's counting yeah, yeah, Kill Bill Kill Volume Bill. 1, Volume 2 as one film, even though I bought <laughs> two cinema tickets. Anyway, I'm not going there again. So, But this is apparently, you know, it's his 10th film. And he, and that's it. 10 films and he's done. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, look, this, it's kind of no surprise that Brad Pitt would be back, teaming up again with Tarantino. Uh, this is supposed to, I've heard it's potentially could be the lead role um you know we've we've had once upon a time in hollywood in glorious bastards yeah it was in true romance tarantino obviously didn't direct it but he wrote it they've obviously you know they've got a got a connection once upon a time in hollywood i really like that film i think that is a very good film and he he is excellent in that so yeah it took me when watching that movie, it took me way too long to work out what this movie, what the point of this movie was, and what the fact that we were like in like an alternative kind of yeah, timeline, it's, it's re- yeah, like, rewriting oh, Hollywood, yeah, history, yeah. And did it's you? Sweet. It's like oh, if only. Did you watch it at the cinema? I did. Yes, oh. Giant Feet, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Here no, you I'm go. Kidding, <laughs> I watched it at the cinema and I walked out of it. I'm like, oh, I just don't know. And then it's a rare occasion where I then watched it a second oh. time at home and then just fell in love with it. I really liked it. I don't know. I don't know what was going on that first time I watched it. But, um, yeah, really, really good. Really good. All right, we've got our first look at Jerry Seinfeld's Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story. Um, this also will be starring Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Amy Schumer, Hugh Grant, and James Marsden. I know nothing else. This is all I know. I've heard people talk about the fact that Jerry Seinfeld is making a Pop-Tart movie for a while now. And it's a Netflix film. 
and we've got our first look. And yeah, I, I don't know what it's. I mean, is it literally going to be about the origin of the, the you know, the history well, of the pop tart? The premise is Kellogg's and Post Cereal compete to see if they can produce a revolutionary breakfast pastry. Um, this is all back in 1963, Michigan. So I guess okay. the result is the Pop Tart. <laughs> so that's literally what he's doing. And I've got some in my cupboard. It's Kellogg's the origin the of Pop Tarts, man. So we know how it ends. <laughs> Oops! Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Pop Tarts are great, eh? But literally, every time I every time I make one. I'm that idiot that just doesn't wait, bites in too fast, burns my tongue every freaking time. But tastes so good. Strawberry. That's the flavor I like. Oh, and my kids don't. Gotta... Nah, that's what my kids like. So we've got, we've got yeah. chocolate Pop-Tarts in the cupboard. <laughs> I don't you're want an chocolate. old man. <laughs> you're an old man. Hey, old. 40 is not old. <laughs> I cannot anyway. believe you're 40. Happy birthday, oh, by the way. Yeah, thanks, the man. Podcast. Make yep. it official. Happy birthday there we go. to you. Luke yeah. had his 40th birthday at some point. We won't tell you when, but at some point. Yep. <laughs> it happened. It happened in January. But yeah, Pop Tarts. So we're going to get. Do you know what? It's Jerry Seinfeld. I'll I'll watch anything like, that he's laugh. involved It'll be a with. Laugh. It'll be, yeah. And he's directing it as well. His directorial debut. Uh, you know, I'm surprised it's taken this long. You would have thought he would have jumped on something at some point. You would have thought he would have directed some episodes of Seinfeld, but I'm pretty sure oh, this is, or maybe it's just like movies directorial debut, mm. or maybe it just hasn't been his thing until now. Either way, we could look it up. Or we you could. Guys could look it up yourselves. Either way, but on that, that's it for our movie news part of our episode. We'll get into our TV news. Miller Gibson is now confirmed to be leaving Doctor Who after. One season, Virada Sithu will start as the Doctor's new companion. So that did not last long, although that has happened on occasion where somebody hasn't stuck around as the companion. I just thought with her being the first companion of a new Doctor, she'd stick around a little bit longer, but she's moving on. So it's just yeah, going to be the Christmas special and then just one season. That's it. I mean, I was going to ask the question of, has, is this the norm? Has it happened before? I mean, obviously it's news, so it's kind of like, oh, it seems quite unusual. It's, and do you know what? Yeah. I, for the first time, I've actually got some Doctor Who context. I did watch that first episode special where obviously you get introduced to, um, you know, Millie's character and, and the Ruby, new Doctor and all of that. Ruby Sunday. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> Great name, fun name. It's a fun <laughs> name. I, I like it, and it makes me kind of want ice cream, um, strawberry ice cream. But anyway, um, not chocolate, much like your pop tarts. But that's um, where you started, though. Did you not go back and watch the three-part specials with David Tennant? I didn't, because I'm, yeah, as you know, like I'm, I'm pretty useless with Doctor Who, so like I'm still trying to catch up on like all of that. But that's before, where and I figured. The new Doctor first appears, but that that's an interesting. Oh, well, the, that works though. Where you the, started the, the the Christmas special, like it did kind of work though, because it was like it was kind of like from Millie's point of view. So I was meeting the Doctor for the first time, much like she was. It all it, it worked fine. It worked fine and pretty enjoyable. I had I had a good time. Um, they're both pretty delightful. Um, and Millie as well, like her. Well, 
Ruby Sunday. She's yeah, interesting character. So I, I kind of disappointing that it's like, ah, oh, she's only going to be one season and that's it. It's like, all right. I mean, the yeah, the next one could be could be good. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's I actually have something to say about Doctor Who. Yeah, no, that's that's um that's that's a first for sure. It is interesting <laughs> how <For> sure. <laughs> it's interesting how Disney Plus are naming the Doctor Who content. So there was the you know, the 60th anniversary specials, and they did three in total. And then what you've watched is the Christmas special, something that Doctor Who has always done, you know, especially since coming back with the reboot in 2005. But if you look on Disney+, Plus, the one you've watched is Doctor Who special number four. So I wonder if that's how they're going to keep on with it. But then when we get the first full season, it will be season one. Sort of hit that re- reset. Yeah, again. That um, that special number four thing was kind of confusing, but I used my brain a little bit and and then worked out that I was like, okay, no, we had the three, which I'm neglecting to watch, and then that number four is is its own thing, kind of kind of thing. Even despite the fact that you said the the doctor was introduced at the end of, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I worked it out. It's this is good. literally the longest conversation you you and I have had. <laughs> Out Doctor Who. It's madness. <laughs> yeah, times have changed. Anyway, um, I'll move on then just to keep things going. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara has officially joined the cast um, of The Last of Us for season two. Now, I don't think she's playing Abby. Um, <laughs> the, that's probably the, the main... Yeah, I think we've, we've got that actress now. Um, well, the cast, Abby. No, playing. no me neither. But... Didn't they? It's like, is it Caitlin Denver? She was in that Hulu, yeah, 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 alien movie and Booksmart. Did we ever talk yeah. about that, or did that happen? We didn't know it happened whilst we were on hiatus, but sure, yeah, it's a casting for season two that we're not going to get until 2025. That is so far away for a TV series. Times have definitely, times are definitely different, aren't they? Where it was like every year, it's almost like waiting for a movie, except when you you get that movie many years later, it's split across multiple weeks. It's, like, it's such a weird concept. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know who's well, playing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go through you know, the characters in that yeah, sort of like the second game to see who we're sort of missing, but no one actually really jumps out as me. You know, like an older lady. I don't know. I'm scratching my head. Could be someone in a flashback. Could be... Uh, Potentially, and that really I've got no point of reference. I've just watched that first season. That's my mate. All the I watched one episode of Doctor Who for you. I feel like you need to go and play some video games. I'll play Uh, a level. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) I mean, look, they're fantastic games. I think I've definitely mentioned that. Yeah, multiple times. They are great. They are fantastic. But anyway, now I just watched the show. You'll be right. Season three of Reacher will be based on Persuader by Lee Child. We knew season three was coming. Alan Richardson, he announced it on social media. We now know what it's based on, Persuader. Haven't read it. I'm going to keep it that way and go in fresh with that third season. I still haven't finished. It's like your Last of Us, Last of Us approach. <laughs> I still haven't finished season two. I've Honestly, I just I smashed season one right into it. 
it's not quite doing it for me as much. It's still good. And uh, they've just introduced, I'm not sure if you've seen it, there's all these other characters from Reach's past. So he's no longer the loner that he was in that first season. So it's lost a bit of its edge a little bit. But um, I'll finish season two and looking forward to getting that third third season of Reacher. Yeah, I haven't jumped on the, that second season. But yeah, it is, it's... It's concerning sometimes when they do change a key fundamental of the character. Like I get development, and you, you know, you you want characters to go through arcs, and, and but suddenly it's like, ah, oh, that was a big part of him. <laughs> so uh, it's it's all good. Oh, and I'll get to season two at some point and actually know what you're talking about. So that's all good. Um, continuing the track with season threes of things, Good Omens has officially confirmed that it will have a season three. Also on Amazon, there you go, to Amazon Season 3 yeah. confirmations. You know, I'll admit, I haven't touched Good Omens yet. I remember first seeing it advertised, like, how many years ago was it now? I don't even want to say two because I feel like it was longer. Um, and just being like, I'm interested in that. I'm going to check. And then just never just never went to it. The first season is great. It's one of those shows that I was watching with the wife and then Season 2 was released we started and then just watched something else. So it's still in the watch list. So you have to go back. I just need to watch more Prime. That's what that was, I need to that do. That was basically just, you know, that was you just blaming your wife then. Just being like, I haven't watched it. My wife's fault. That's pretty much what you said, except you danced around it. We all have those shows. <laughs> we have shows that we watch we by do. ourselves. And we, we have do. shows. Yeah, shows. Not just yeah. shows, movies. There's movies as well. well there's one oh, in particular yeah. that... Wife has said, yep, we will watch this coming weekend. We will see if we if we actually get to watch it, which is said, we'll have to. Um the sixth and final season of Cobra Kai is officially in production. There you go. The final season. Feels like it's been away for a while. It has. And do you know what part of it for me that that big feeling is that I jumped on this, you know, I jumped on this show pretty, pretty late in it. I think we had, it might, I think all, I think the first three seasons were already out and I was watching them. And then the fourth season came out pretty much just as I'd finished watching the third season. And then it was a bit of a wait, but then we got the fifth season and that seemed to come fairly quickly. And now it's like the longest wait I've ever had to wait for new episodes of this show. So it's feeling bigger than it is, but very exciting final season. I'm glad that it's getting closer. It's yeah. just a fun show, isn't it? It's it so, really is. It really is. It's so crazy. But talking, and... talk about how you've waited, though. I've been there since YouTube Red. <laughs> That's, I've is been that even with... a thing anymore? Is that no, sort of thing? but it was. For the first two seasons of Cobra Kai, I've been there, well, before the beginning, because I was watching Karate Kid in the 80s big cracked fan <laughs> and cobra kai is amazing have you heard of the show obliterated on netflix it rings a bell but i couldn't tell you anything about it so don't it's ask. a action comedy drama from the creators of cobra kai netflix have cancelled it after one oh, season i did hear it i only heard yeah. about it because of its cancellation yes oh, that's right. netflix but, cutthroat i mean yeah I don't know. I mean, I've got to. I haven't watched it, so I've got to uh, got to say there. But, oh, um, I wasn't going to admit this, but neither have I. 
<laughs> it's on my watch list. But it's an R-rated so... action show, a comedy. I, I do want to see it. And, I, and even though it's cancelled, I'll still watch it. I'll get to it. I'm just thinking about like the tone, the tone of Cobra Kai, but then like super violent. I, I, you know, I'm curious. I might, I might go, I might go check it out and just see what. I'm, I'm gonna watch it. Do you know what it's about? This is not the news story at all. It's it <laughs> follows an elite special forces team tracking a deadly terrorist network hell bent on blowing up Las Vegas. That could be fun. There's there's some keywords there that made me go okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, Cobra Kai. That was the story. Yes, that's it. All right, and that's all of our stories. That's our that's our news wrapped up. But we always um, have some recommends for you. Um, and Luke, if you want to share with the kind people, what are you recommending today? I've got a different kind of recommend. I'm recommending a book. It is the explosive spy thriller that inspired the new Matthew Vaughan film starring Henry Cavill and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm talking about Argyle by Ellie Conway. Right. Now, just to clarify, you're recommending the book. The book? Because... Not the movie, necessarily, at well, this point in time. I've seen the movie. My lips are sealed. We're going to do a full sure. review as soon as you've seen the movie. So in the meantime, I'm recommending the book. But there's an interesting thing going on with the book, and I don't want to spoil the movie. But the book is written by Ellie Conway. That is the character that Bryce Dallas Howard plays in the movie, and we know that from the trailer. So everybody was speculating, like, so who's actually written this book? And we finally got some information. The, the curtain on a pop cultural mystery has finally been pulled back. The author of the novel Argyle, which is the companion to the movie, there's two authors. There is an Australian novelist and screenwriter, Terry Hayes, and a British author, Tammy Cohen. So those two collaborated. So essentially, you've seen the trailer and the cutscenes. Like, so you know, again, I don't want to spoil the movie. So you know there's something going on with like Cavill's character. What the book is, it's the whole story. So you get snippets of her reading the book or writing the book in the movie. But what they've done as a cross-promotion is they've actually written a whole book that exists just, in the world of the just movie. Excuse me, as I'm wrapping my head around everything you just said, I think I think I followed it. Okay. That sounds ridiculous, but Sure. Yep. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah. it's like Argyle is adapted from this, you know, famous story, which, no, the movie came first. So a bit of creative marketing. Yeah. But I want to take this opportunity. Like, I am currently reading the book. Uh, picked it up the other day. But I also, again, because we are going to review the movie. Um, so I'll not share my opinion on it until we get there. But the film, right? So it's had an underwhelming opening at the box office, grossing only 18 million in its first three days, which is far from its potential as a franchise starter. So I'm just hopeful that people start going to the movies and watching this movie because not a lot of people seem to. And it's one of those where before the film's even out, I mean, 
we've got this book that I'm recommending, but then Matthew Vaughn's saying, well, we've got this first movie, then we'll do a prequel, then we'll do a sequel, and he's got all these big plans, and I'm just hoping that it gets to gets to do them. But the movie is a joint venture between Universal and Apple. Apple's got deep pockets, so hopefully mm. we get to see this be more than just a single film and a book. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's my recommend. I'm, uh, the I'm book. thinking that when you you sent me a photo recently of like you had the book, and you sent me a photo of the book, and on it had a thing, you know, like how books have like a quote or something, you know, someone praising the book, and it was Matthew Vaughan, a Matthew Vaughan quote. I can't remember what it said, but it was positive. Well, I can like, tell you because I've got it right in front of me. The fantastic. most. Tell me what it is. Tell me. It is. It is the most incredible spy franchise since Ian Fleming. Crazy. Now, as a smartass, I was like. I'm obviously thinking, oh, okay, cool. But like the movie's an adaptation of this book, and I made the joke of, oh, Matthew Vaughn should should make a movie of, of the book. And then you just sent me some emojis and I was like, I okay. I was like, we'll just talk later about it. I guess. Well, it was but I sent you the it, lips are sealed emojis. Yeah, and now it makes sense that I literally had no idea what I was talking about. So I <laughs> I haven't spoiled anything. There's nothing that I've said that's not in the trailers. Um but yeah, but it's that thing where he's... So the book that I have, characters are holding and walking around with in the movie. And you get to read the whole book. So it's just a, a bit of fun, but they were very secretive. I mean, the, the name Ellie Conway, there was a lot of speculation online that people thought it was a pseudonym for Taylor Swift and that this was going to be her <laughs> debut as a novelist. So there's been like, you know, a bit of buzz around the book. But um, anyway, sure. everybody... Go watch the movie. Go watch Argyle. <laughs> no, you can only recommend the book. You cannot recommend the movie at this point in time. <laughs> Go read Argyle. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Um, what I'm going to recommend, I'm just going to keep it pretty standard and just do a movie. Um, I feel like there's been a bunch of movies that have come out that we haven't uh, really been able to speak about. And one of them that I would like to talk about is... Uh, Taika Waititi's latest movie, Next Goal Wins. I'm not going to sit here and say this is his greatest movie or anything like that. Probably not even close. Probably not a good way to start the recommend. But what I will say is this is a heartfelt, delightfully chuckle time. It's funny. It's it's like it's great. It's it's got all that Kiwi like Islander humor in it. We've got Michael Fassbender as the white guy. It's a sports movie. Soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's pretty much the pitch of all the praise I've got for it. It's funny. I don't want to give too much away, but I mean, I guess I should probably tell you the plot. <laughs> um, Dutch American football coach Thomas Ray, um, Rongin faces the option, he's played by Michael Fassbender, I should say, faces the option of being fired or accepting an almost impossible task to convert the American Samoa national team, considered one of the weakest football teams in the world, into an elite squad. The storyline also includes um, uh, I'm going to say a name wrong, uh, Jaya Salua, who was the first transgender player ever to compete in a World Cup qualifier game. Um, and yeah, she's, she takes a big chunk of the screen time, I guess, of <laughs> the storyline, but it's all good. Um, 
it's it's yeah it's it's great i was hearing some pretty average stuff going into the movie like about it and i was like oh maybe this is a bit of a miss literally we the wife and i went to go check it out it is still in you you'll see the odd screening here and there in australian cinemas at the moment but if you can catch it catch it before it leaves um and yeah look we we just were like wetting ourselves uh not literally but um it was close. Like it was, it's just so many chuckles um, and some funky, funny characters. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, go do it. Next goal wins. It looks good. Goal it sports. looks good. Go sports. Yeah. But you know what? Watch the trailer. The opening with that fox searchlight. Oh no, it's not fox. It's twentieth twentieth studios searchlight. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I mean you know what? I'll catch it on Disney Plus. That is what I'll do. <laughs> And uh, I can't Part blame the you problem. for it. I mean, it's... No, because it... You know what? I'll recommend it today. We'll put this episode out, you know, in a couple days, and it'll be on Disney Plus probably, you know, seven days from now. So, I mean... <laughs> and they do seem to come out of nowhere. Well, oh, actually, yes, great recommend. I do want to see it. I'll definitely watch it. With Argyle being an Apple movie, I think March... That's when you can watch it as part of your Apple TV Plus subscription. That's not too long to oh, wait, sure. really. So that could even hurt it, just like me not watching Disney movies on the big screen. I can just <laughs> watch them on Disney Plus. Some I still watch, though. Like We get February 7th, The Marvels. I've already seen that on the big screen. Indiana Jones. So I still go to the movies and watch some, mm. some of their content. Look, just, just looking this up now, and I don't know if this is a like the Australian release, but Next Goal Wins will release uh, on digital platforms. So whether that includes Disney Plus or not, don't know, on January 16th. January so 16th? That's happened. Is it already out in places? I mean, it's not on Apple. Like around the world? Like it's definitely not. Oh, on... it is. Yeah. Maybe in the is US. Yeah, probably. Um, but Blu-ray and DVD release on February 27th. So, I don't know. We'll get it I at feel, I feel like you're really pushing this movie now. Are you on the payroll? Oh, I'm just... <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Tyker's sending me checks. Like, Thanks, man. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. Is that it? That's all we do, right? Yeah, that's it for another episode of That Film Stew. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of The Beekeeper and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Madam Web. Cannot wait. I'm, uh, yes, me too. Cannot wait. I'm curious, man. I'm, I'm interested. I'm... I'm more curious than I was. It was yeah. first announced. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. Bye.